Hi, and welcome to the Small Business Sisters podcast. If you're new here, we're Jenny and Christina, two actual real-life sisters who both happen to start their own small businesses. If you're here, you're probably a woman small business owner who is running a lot of the show by herself. Over the last eight years, we've each been in business. We've had to discover a lot of business owning on the fly. We know that running a business, a household, and maintaining mental health can be challenging because we've shed a lot of tears over it. Thankfully, we've always had each other to ask all the questions, bounce off all the ideas, and just have someone on the other end who gets it. And that's why we're here. That's why we started this podcast, to help other small business owners who are doing it all feel less alone. We talk about business strategy, our mental health journey, and all that falls in between. We're glad you're here to join our sisterhood. In today's episode, we are so excited to have Jamie Pridmore with us today. She is a bookkeeper and answers all the questions we throw at her about bookkeeping, numbers, accounting, all the things. And that's actually something you all write into us most is questions about numbers. Because let's be honest, numbers aren't that fun, but they can be fun if you know what you're doing. And so we were excited to have Jamie on um, to talk about Everything she does to help small business owners, she offers modern bookkeeping for the creative entrepreneur, allowing you to focus on your creativity while she focuses on your financial power and growth. So it was a great episode finding out all the things, all the numbers, all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, We hope you love it. We hope you'll go give Jamie a follow and find out about all she has to offer. Her business name is Jamie Pridmore Bookkeeping. You can find her online at www. That Jamie, J A M I E, Pridmore, P R I D M O R E, dot C O. You can also find this in our show notes or on Instagram. You can find Jamie on Instagram at J Pridmore underscore bookkeeping mom. Hope you enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, we're so excited to be back today and we have another fun guest and you all ask about this all the time whenever we do like, um, well Christina does it because she does our (laughs) Instagram, but all those like ask us the question boxes. I would say we get more than half about like bookkeeping, taxes, numbers Mm -hmm. and so we always are looking for great resources to bring on the podcast because uh, Christina hates numbers. I like them a little bit, but definitely not not an expert. So we have Jamie Pridmore from Jamie Pridmore Bookkeeping on the podcast today. And she's someone, this is also a side fun fact, we met, we met through the podcast. Like she listens to the podcast and reached out um, to be on it because she can offer some valuable information. So again, if you're listening and you think you have like a wealth of information to offer, we would love to hear from you. So there's a little link in our bio or on our website where you can fill out a form to be on our podcast. So Jamie, thanks for doing that and for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. (laughs) And how we'd love to start is just to hear about um, kind of a little bit about you and how you got started into bookkeeping because like we hear from people, not everybody wants to do that. So tell us about your (laughs) passion for bookkeeping and kind of what it is. And also, this might be such a stupid question, but is is like a bookkeeper and an accountant and are they all the same thing or is that different? 
So I'm so glad that you asked that. Those are completely different. Okay. Um, okay. A bookkeeper good. is like the person who does the day-to-day or month-to-month accounting for a um, company or an entrepreneur. And the CPA is the person who does the taxes. And so the bookkeeper's job is to keep everything organized for the um, for the CPA. And so at the year end or for tax season, the, it's easier for the business to turn over the um, the numbers and the paperwork that is needed for tax time. And it just makes you as the business, um, it makes it easier on you. But also, if you're having a bookkeeper do it, then you're not going to pay as much money for a CPA because the CPA won't have to do that type of work. Oh, that is so helpful. Thank you for clearing that up because I kind of like lumped that all together in my head, I think, and just like was afraid to ask. But okay, so yes, tell us about your business and how you got into bookkeeping. So my business, um, we actually, st- I started it last year as um, I became a stay-at-home mom last year or the year before last in 2021. So in 2022, I created my business so I could just kind of get start doing a little bit something on the side and it's turned into a full-fledged business, which I am so excited about and I absolutely love. Um, I've been in the accounting, um, it's not really accounting industry, but I've been in the accounting field for a decade before I ever decided to make the jump to bookkeeper. I started as an accounting assistant, worked my way up to operations accountant within the same um, parent company, three different um, companies in one, and I kind of bounced around between them. And uh, then when I left there, became a stay-at-home mom. I love my kids, but I need, you know, I you have mom brain all the time and you need something else going on. Yes, <laughs> and we so, get that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so um, at that point, I created Jamie Pridmore Bookkeeping last year. We actually, I created it as Jay Pridmore Consulting. And then I rebranded um, in 2023, so a few weeks ago, and it's Jamie Pridmore Bookkeeping. So it's easier to find, easier to know the face with the name and just easier all around. Yeah, I think that's wise because when you hear consulting, you're like, okay, what do you consult? You know, whereas bookkeeping, it's like, I know exactly what I'm going to get when I come to Jamie. Exactly. And when I created the consulting, the J. Pridmore Consulting, I created it with the mindset of I'm going to do all the accounting in one. I'll do invoicing. I'll do AP and AR and everything. And then after doing that for a company, I was like, yeah, I would rather just do the bookkeeping. That's more fun for me. That's where I I thrive. I love <laughs> that so you that say that. That's fun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just one of those things where we need everybody's minds, like the way that they work. We Because that's such an important thing that a lot of people don't love to do. It is. And it's one of those things that everyone is so different. Um, I always say I don't have the creativity that my clients have. My clients are very creative and I am not creative at all. I do the numbers. I'm, I'm an Excel spreadsheet numbers person. Whereas I have my clients who are in Canva all the time. I'm like, you guys do it. Do great. <laughs> yes, yes, all the parts are needed. I love that. But yeah. I will say it is fun. I like looking at a spreadsheet. Like my favorite part about spreadsheets are in the columns when you can add formulas and then they like all the numbers yeah. and they just cheat. When I'm doing my pricing to figure out, it's almost, it feels magical to me because you're like as putting it, all these pieces and then enter the formula and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's the number. It's like magic. That's exactly what I was about to say. It's exactly like that. Yeah. It's magical so I like, looking at it. 
It is. I feel like, okay, that's magical, but then I want you to like maintain it all for me. I like doing like one column. So, okay. So what I love in your form that you gave us, your Mm -hmm. little, um, tagline was like helping the creative entrepreneur be creative while you're in the background making sure they're like growing and have financial growth and freedom. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering if you could kind of walk us walk us through like okay, let's say there's a starting out maker or entrepreneur or maybe not starting out, they're just like kind of new at it. What mm-hmm. are the essentials that they should have? set up for bookkeeping? Or where do you recommend people start? And what is the process of that? So we, um, as a bookkeeper, the number one like bookkeeping rule, I guess, is um, entrepreneurs should be starting out with some type of bookkeeping system. Uh, we always recommend some type of software. The two biggest ones right now are Xero and QuickBooks, uh, and QuickBooks Online. Um, QuickBooks, I believe, has um, higher pricing than Zero, but Zero has more functionality when it comes to reporting, and a lot more. A lot of bookkeepers like the functionality of the reports on Zero versus QuickBooks. Um, personally, I use QuickBooks Online for most of my clients, but I have dabbled in Zero, and you know they're very comparable okay. um, in that respect. But definitely an accounting software. I do have a client that doesn't have an accounting software and we work in um, a bookkeeping template is what we call it. It's a Google sheet that I've created that um, is similar to an Excel sheet, but we have an entire bookkeeping system set up on that. And you just put in your statement and your information. But um, so the key part of it, like I said, is accounting software is number one, some type of accounting software, accounting system. Um, if you are an entrepreneur that if you're a service-based entrepreneur that does not have a ton of expenses, then you could probably start out as with Excel, um, you tracking it that way. Um, but we do recommend an accounting software. It just makes it a lot easier. It's seamless. You hook your bank account up to it, just completely seamless. Um, the next biggest thing, and I mean, this is before accounting software, is business bank account. Mm-hmm. You do not want to be mixing personal and business finances. It's not fun at tax season yes. for anybody. <laughs> well, and I feel like for me as someone with anxiety and especially anxiety of like getting in trouble, I yes. am always – I am so <laughs> – paranoid about like ever mixing the two isn't it is there like a term piercing the veil or something like that where they anything that's mingled together I'm just afraid I'll get in trouble for so yeah that was like the first thing I did and I remember being a little bit afraid of it because it feels like a big thing to open a separate bank account but it's really not like once you do it and just use everything through there it makes it so much easier it does. It does. And the a lot of entrepreneurs I've talked to were so hesitant on it because they started, um, for example, some photographers, they started their photography business without setting up their like business ID, like through the federal tax stuff. And so they're like, OK, well, I'm doing this as a hobby, but I so I haven't set up my business name or anything like that. But they're like a 1099. And at that point, I still recommend you still need to have a business account. You can set up a business bank account with just your name and your social because you can be um, considered a 1099 contractor and just a sole uh, sole proprietor. 
Okay, so it sounds like you might have expertise in this, and if you don't, let us know. But we a question we get a lot um, and that we both had to ask the people that um, do our taxes mm-hmm. is what is best for a business? How do they know what's best for them if it's to be an LLC, um, sole proprietor? Jenny, are you an S-corp? Um, I, mine's a little tricky because it I'm uh, like – I'm an LLC, but file as an S corp. Okay, but, yeah. So, so that's a question we get a lot, and I don't know if you can speak to that. So, I am not um, a CPA. CPA is definitely going to have a better um, recommendation on this. But okay. from my own experience and research that I have done, um, if you are a solopreneur and you're not, and you're just starting out, I recommend at least filing as an LLC. Mm-hmm slash sole proprietor. It's kind of on the, um, like on a W-9 sheet, or even when you go to file, I believe it's on like the same line, sole proprietor slash um, single, single person LLC. Um, Personally, that's what I am under. And then um, after you get some type of revenue going, um, I recommend, I have a higher threshold that I recommend for my clients. I recommend 40 to 50,000 per year. Some people are recommending 20,000. But at that point, you can file as an S corp under that LLC, and that and filing as an S corp just for your listeners. Um, it, the difference is filing an S corp. You are setting up payroll, and you're becoming a W two person mm-hmm. under your business. So at that point, you are not going to be filing as a ten ninety nine contractor mm-hmm. the next year, but you'll be paying yourself on a routine basis as a W-2 and taking out taxes prior to paying yourself versus yes. 1099 contractor. Yeah, gotcha. that's what I have, just in case mm-hmm. anyone listening, is that I moved to um, like payroll. Illuminate Space does payroll. So like I am paid. Jenny Zilke's paid from Illuminate Space's payroll. And then so like I'm paying taxes on adult, like I get a W-2. Yeah. So that's how it like separates. Whereas LLC, and again, I'm not a professional, but it's still like on your schedule C or whatever, right? Like your Mm -hmm. personal income, you know, when you file your taxes. So it's just kind of like removing it from that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. When you're filing your taxes as a single use LLC, you're still on your schedule. So yeah, Mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. And one of the things that Jenny and I recommend to the people that listen to our podcast is one of the most important things is that initial meeting with a CPA when you get started to make sure that you are filing correctly, because that's one area you don't, you don't want to mess with that. You don't want to mess that up. Okay. So you would recommend that too, is like, it depends on your business. Definitely double check with a CPA. Absolutely. 100% double check through CPA. Having a bookkeeper, unless your bookkeeper says, I am a bookkeeper and a CPA, or I'm a bookkeeper and a tax preparer, Mm -hmm. you're always going to need a separate CPA. Okay. And so I think we interrupted you if there's more for the essentials to starting bookkeeping. You said, number one is a business banking account. Open that up. As soon as you make money, it goes in there. Mm -hmm. And then number two is a bookkeeping software like QuickBooks or Xero. Obviously, a bookkeeper is really helpful. Yes. Okay. Yeah, a bookkeeper is helpful and they can, um, most bookkeepers, I don't know of a bookkeeper who doesn't do it, but most bookkeepers will offer a setup um, for you if if you're coming to them saying, I need help setting, you know, setting up my QuickBooks, setting up my um, Xero. They will do that 
for you as well, for the most part. Um, yep. So bookkeeping software, business account, bookkeeping software. I would also add in there a filing system of some type for your expenses because you will need those at tax time. Either um, taking pictures of them and saving them in an album on your phone or QuickBooks has an um, a, a space where you can take a picture and upload it and connect it to your expense within the QuickBooks system. Um, I believe Zero probably has something like that. There's also various programs that you can do as well to track that. But that is another thing is you definitely need to keep your um, expenses or receipts for your expenses. <laughs> so is that what you do for your clients? Like you are doing their QuickBooks for them? So they, I, I mean, like what part do they do? So, because I don't have a bookkeeper. So do I, I go in and like I categorize each thing. Mm -hmm. Is that what you are doing for them essentially? Yes. So essentially what for my clients, I go in and I categorize um, all of their expenses and then um, and then throughout the month, I'll have questions. I usually by the end of the month, if I haven't had them answered throughout the month. I'll send one email and say, OK, here's all these transactions that came through. Not quite sure what they are. So can you tell me what they are and I'll categorize them. And then I get the bank statement uh, for that account from my um, client. I go in, I reconcile the bank account to make sure that anything that came through was a true transaction. Because um, mm -hmm. there are some banks, I do want to put this out, there are some banks that um, you will have a transaction come through that, that gets declined and then a second one comes through and is accepted. Well, then on your bookkeeping, you'll see two transactions come through and we need to know, okay, did you actually pay twice for this or did one of these get declined? And we need to make sure it's taken out of the system so you are not, um, so it's not counted into your um, money mm -hmm. for the end of the year. Um, but, and then at the end of the month, once we reconcile the bank account, we, um, but I personally, provide financial reports for my clients and more than just profit and loss we discuss um, amounts of taxes to set aside for your quarterly taxes uh, we discuss the balance sheet information what assets you have if you have depreciation you know x y and z any financial part of it that's my job is provide those reports to you so you are aware of what is going on in your bank account your business bank account and, you know, you don't really have to touch it until the end of the month where you see the information that I have for you. Yeah. Okay, so, so it sounds like, sorry, okay. <laughs> it sounds like all the things I don't like doing in QuickBooks, like it would be, it just like removes all those tedious things that you're helping with. But then also the valuable part of, because obviously like I can go run the report in QuickBooks, but to have a professional actually be like, okay here's your profit and loss, here's what that means. Because sometimes mm -hmm. I don't know, or like, here's what you can adjust or the mm -hmm. depreciation. Like, so that's, that sounds super helpful. What a bookkeepers. It's like, mm -hmm. almost like you're having someone hold your hand through <laughs> all that mm -hmm. instead of it's just having idea. to do it on your own. Yes. Yeah. And what I was going to say is someone actually asked a specific question and it, it sounds like you might at least have like uh, advice of, what it might look like on your end mm -hmm. or what you would suggest to your clients. But someone said they need help figuring out how to divvy up profits, meaning what do they reinvest? How much do they set aside for taxes? What, how much do they d use for debt? And then um, how much then do they actually have as profit? Do you have like a formula for that or what does that look like? Um, so it depends on the client that I'm working with, but we do create a formula 
um, based on the projected income that she's going to have. So um, what I am actually currently studying right now, there's a new method that's come out. I think it came out last year, the year before. It's called Profit First Method. And you take whatever profit you get and you take out, you create percentages based on that profit and you take out certain amounts to, and divvy it up into certain things. But that is something that I do discuss with my clients and most bookkeepers will discuss with their clientele um, and try to advise them on what's going to be the best way to divvy up their profit to have money in their account. Um, it's for expenses, but also for reinvestment, debt, and whatever else it may be. Okay. I figured it was like by person or by client, um, but they specifically asked that. And I was like, that's really, really helpful information to have somebody kind yeah. of hold your hand through that. So that's awesome that you do that. Do yeah, you? So, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, going off of the holding the hand thing, that's exactly what, um, in my opinion, what bookkeepers do. Not necessarily a holding the hand, but like a guiding you through the process. Um, that's what one of my um, clients, she's a photography client, and that's our biggest thing is I'm doing everything for her, but also at the end of the day, she knows what's going on in her account, and she's more aware of it and can speak to it better than she had before. And it just gives her more power in that respect for yeah. bus- as a business owner. Yeah. I. Do you feel like what? Okay, because so we have a lot of service based businesses as listeners, and then maker based mm-hmm. businesses. Do you? E-commerce. Are there any? Yeah, like glaring differences or things we should be doing different in our bookkeeping, or does it all kind of work the same? So it just it. It, there are major differences between the two. Um, Service-based, there's no inventory for the most part. Um, and it depends on what type of maker you are. To If you're going to actually have inv- like actual mm-hmm. inventory, like physical inventory or digital inventory. Um, but when it comes down to like the sales taxes, um, and not all bookkeepers will do sales tax. That's also a caveat I want to add in there. Um, There are certain bookkeepers that are service-based only and will not do sales tax. There are bookkeepers who are only about service uh, sales taxes and will do any type take on any type of clients. Um, But that is another aspect. So, like digital um, digital makers or digital business owners that Mm -hmm. make digital products. Um, I'm I'm hoping everyone knows this. (laughs) But I was looking into it recently and not every state requires a sales tax on digital products. And a lot of people don't know that. They just go ahead and collect the sales tax, think it's, you know, and then pay on it and then they end up overpaying. Um, And that's something that if you when you if you have a bookkeeper and you're doing that, that's something that they should know or at least should be eager to find out for you so that they can help you with that. Um, Mm -hmm. But sales tax is something that you have to pay uh, monthly depending on the uh, the state, and then you also have quarterly taxes, which any business will be paying quarterly taxes over a certain threshold. Uh, they meet that medium threshold for quarterly taxes, but that's you know that's across the board for businesses. But the mm-hmm. sales tax is dependent upon what your service or what you provide is. Okay. Yeah, I offer sewing classes, um, in-person sewing classes, and so that was interesting for me too. That technically the class doesn't have to be taxed, but yeah. Because, but because I provide materials, 
that we make something, I do have to charge sales tax because they're yeah. technically leaving with an item that I bought. And so that item needs to be taxed, yeah. um, meaning fabric and thread and all of that. So um, that was really interesting to me too, though, because for my social media classes where they would come and just learn about social media and not leave with anything, that was that didn't have to be taxed. So yeah. very strange. To, I mean, I get it, but it's also very strange to me. It is. Absolutely. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because that is a big thing, um, a big difference, I guess. And I've, I haven't come across a situation like that. So it's really interesting to hear. Um, but yeah, services overall, if you're provi- just providing a service, you know, no sales tax. But if you are providing service plus giving out items during that service, you have to have a tax on the items. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you do, your profile says you are mainly for creatives, meaning you do do e-commerce, right? Yes, I do e-commerce. Um, I So creatives is such a broad topic. And I actually posted about this. I kind of did a, a story about this the other day on my Instagram. So creatives, in my opinion, is any person or business that creates for other people, whether it's photography, uh, web design, digital product, digital design, um, e-commerce designs. Um, if you're creating something for someone else mm-hmm. and selling that as a service or a product, I, I'm i here for you. Because <laughs> <laughs> something that I've always been confused on um, is on, so I have a Shopify shop. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I charge obviously sales tax on my items for Texans, like Texas, because I'm out based out of Texas. But then do I need to be charging sales tax as well to cover federal taxes or how does that work? And I, if that's a stupid question, if you're listening and that's a stupid question, sorry, but I've always been confused about that. So that's a great question. And um, I, my guess, I'm going to tell you, I don't know, I don't know, you know, if this is the actual answer or not, that is definitely a CPA or a tax preparer question. But uh, my understanding is you tax based on your location. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my understanding, but then double you go check into, with the CPA. Okay, definitely double check with the CPA because yeah. then I start thinking about Amazon, and I'm like, okay, are they taxing me on their location? Because they're on different places. <laughs> yeah. and where's their headquarters? <laughs> well, I was gonna say, I'm pretty sure they have they have location. I think it's from what um I've heard, and again, I'm not an expert in this field at all. It's like based on an amount that you make in different locations. So like Jenny uses, she actually turned me on to an app called Tax Jar that will go and like tell you what you need to be collecting. And on there, it says you have to make over a certain amount in certain states Mm -hmm. from certain Mm -hmm. states to report in those states. So my Shopify shop, I'm not at a place where I'm going to be paying out all these different states, yeah. but Am- Amazon would be, right? So, yeah. um, but I go to Texas, I take my Texan orders and do sales tax to Texas. What's always confused me is um, the the federal, te- like, do, is yeah. that, you know, like, so I, I need to meet with my, I do have a CPA, so I do need to meet with her and like double check on all of that. But taxes my- are my least favorite subject. I... <laughs> Don't like them. I don't like paying them. I all of that. My understanding on that, and again, I don't know, but how my like brain thinks of it is sales tax. The customer is paying the sales tax on what they're buying, and you're just turning that over to mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. 
county or whatever. Federal tax, you're paying taxes on what mm. you have sold or like brought in income on. So like okay, that's really sales helpful. tax, the customer pays and you're turning it over. And federal tax, you're paying based on what you've sold. Okay, That's a good that analogy. Makes, yeah, that is really good. And that's really helpful. And that's how things have been and running. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't doing anything <laughs> But it wrong. is. It's so confusing. That's why we need bookkeepers and accountants and yes, all the things. <laughs> yes. And that yeah. And accountants and CPAs are usually the same entity or same, okay. you know, in the same okay. group. Um, and most bookkeepers are going to have, if you don't have a CPA, but you're trying to find a bookkeeper, your bookkeeper will more than likely have a recommendation for a CPA. Okay. Um, we, we try to build up our CPA network. That way we're able to offer the best references for our clients. Okay. And Jamie, as a bookkeeper, are you helping with, I get so confused on inventory and cost of goods. Like, is that your yeah. realm? Yes, that would okay, be a bookkeeper's so, realm. Yeah. Okay. So can you just like give us a quick <laughs> overview of what, I am so confused about that. And I am supposed to be checking my inventory and stuff. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that is kind of, um, it is very complicated, in my opinion. It just depends on how much, the complicated part of it depends on how much inventory you truly have. Um, okay. I always recommend doing inventory once a year. That's what the big companies are doing. Um, and if it's more manageable to do inventory more regularly than that, mm-hmm. then definitely do that. But you should be able to, um, I'm not sure what software you're using to track inventory. Um, and whoever's listening to us, if you have inventory, please have a software to track it with because okay. it's just going to make your life a lot easier. Yes. Um, okay. Yes. 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 More I than I'll admit, so. I don't have a software. I like, <laughs> and this is where I think I get, because, okay, backtrack. Why can't you just claim your materials and supplies? Like, why do you have to do inventory? So inventory, <laughs> the way, okay, so the way my brain works <laughs> is, okay. um, I, I think of it as Excel because okay, okay. So your accounting system, if you put all your inventory in there and then your people are buying it. And uh-huh. so your county system is show is um, sending out invoices and saying right. this person, I have five shirts in here. This person okay. bought two. Your accounting system is going to calculate that you only have three more shirts left. So if someone makes a purchase okay. and they're asking for four shirts, there's going to be a, oh, I'm sorry. You know, you'll have your error message or whatever. We only, we don't have that many available. Okay. So I should be, this is where I think I'm, maybe I'm doing it wrong. So I take all my materials and so I make candles. So I have like all okay. the jars I bought, all the wax I bought, all those prices of the materials. And then... Mm-hmm. I count like how many finished candles go out. The finished mm-hmm. candles are my inventory. Yes, you've not the finished the candles materials. That's correct because okay. so that goes into like the cost of goods sold category. Yeah. So your inventory is finished product. So your material and goods, you those are your expenses. Your okay. inventory plays off of that, but if you're still going to have materials left over your inventory is going to be your finished product because then you're going to be able to calculate how much money you've actually made off this material stuff right here even though it's still left over you can still make more stuff with it gotcha but if you're not if you don't have a finished product you don't have the you don't have a true calculation 
to see okay. if you're actually making so can money you off of that material. Recommend because right now I just do that. Like this is what takes me so long in inventory. Okay. I had to like put it on my calendar each day this week, and it keeps moving along. But I like take all, uh, like all the jars I've bought and candles mm-hmm. I've made, and then go just grab all my uh, like square totals mm-hmm. of what I've sold and then subtract it from that of like number of candles for gotcha. each size. So do you, what is a software you recommend for that? So I have not um, divvy or haven't dealt with inventory um, within a software myself. I, okay. but I do know that um, QuickBooks, I, I deal with QuickBooks mostly. Okay. I, I don't deal with zero very often. But with QuickBooks, I know that they do have inventory options on there. Okay. And um, and I have looked into that uh, for a client before. And it does seem like it would be a good idea because they do have the cost of goods sold okay. um, reporting and that type of stuff. There's mm-hmm. also, like I said, there's zero. Um, any type of bookkeeping, so- bookkeeping software is going to have that option. Um, I don't know how. I guess you're using Squarespace. For your um, uh, well, selling. I have. So this is where my business gets a little tricky. Is so illuminates base like all my wholesale and direct sales are on WooCommerce, but then I have a shared brick and mortar location where Illuminate Space is a contractor. So like okay. those sales are in Square, our point of sale gotcha. system. So I have to like pull from there oh, and that awesome. what I've sold. Um, individually. So that's where it just gets tedious. So do you recommend like, I really should be doing that almost weekly or monthly of like, here are the products actually made and what I sold. If your turnover is pretty quick, if you're getting, um, if you have a really good quick turnover, I would definitely be doing, um, keeping track of it and doing inventory as often as you can. Um, as often as you can, I'm thinking monthly. Okay. But if you can't do that, you know, some some other type of system, but routine system, put it on your list. <laughs> okay. That's, thank you so much. Calendar. That's always been so overwhelming to me. So that's helpful. Can, can you explain why cost of goods and inventory is important? Yes, absolutely. So it all comes back to, you know, the same thing at the end of the, at the, the day for businesses. Um, and somehow, some way it's all going to come back to taxes and it's going to be, um, so your profit is revenue minus expenses equals income or your profit. Mm-hmm. And um, and so it's just one of those things where cost of goods sold is the um, is the amount it cost for the goods that you sold, mm-hmm. just like the equation says. And so you need to know how much that is to know that the amount of money that you are selling your um, the amount of money that you're selling your um your candles for is more than what it costs you to make them. And that's where inventory comes back into the picture. Mm-hmm. You've got to know how much inventory you you have. And if it's, if you're actually making a profit on it or not, you could have, you know, $500 in the bank account, but if your materials are costing 600 to make, and you're making 500 based on the mm-hmm. same, you know, selling a hundred candles, then you're not making really any profit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's really helpful. Yeah. yeah. Very, very helpful. 
Okay, Jen, do we have any more questions? I no, I feel so enlightened right now and that like I need a bookkeeper. <laughs> like, I see how valuable that is. And even mm-hmm. you just explaining the difference of like, here's what a bookkeeper does and here's what your accountant does. Mm-hmm. I see why both are so important. And so they work together, right? Like you would yes. work with my accountant. Okay. That's yes, awesome. absolutely. And Jamie, before we let you go, um, the I I feel I I feel like I just have to say this, but to get your confirmation, um, because I think that sharing money stats, sharing how your shop is doing is very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, and you feel kind of like, is she gonna judge me? Like, what if I'm not doing well? All that. So yeah. I I can tell just from talking to you that that's not how you are, but um, can you share like what your like client relationship looks like when someone comes on board with you? Yes. So all of my clients have actually been friends that turned into clients. Um, Actually. So one of them, it was a high school friend that we hadn't talked to in years. And then she saw me advertising that I'm a bookkeeper and she reached out to me and, you know, we've been, she's been my client for like nine months now, I think. Um, and then another one, she was my photographer (laughs) and then I was telling her, you know, about what I was doing and she's like, Hey, I think I may need help. (laughs) Um, and so, and my whole thing is I've, and every person I talk to and every client I have my, you know, I, I, my biggest client is a production company and they become friends of mine too. And I, that's my whole thing. If I can't vibe with the, the client I have, if we can't sit here and just talk and talk and talk, (laughs) then, um, then it's probably not going to be a good relationship. I, you know, my clients turn to my friends or I'd like them to be my friends um, because I want to be able to have a good relationship. I'm, I'm a non-judgment person. Your mm-hmm. books, I've, I've looked at the worst of books and I've looked at the best of books starting out. And it's, I, it's pretty much the same thing. It's the same type of numbers to me. Yeah. It's, I, was, know, it's- <laughs> I was going to ask if it's like, I mean, a very different scale, but like how an OBGYN, like a vagina is a vagina. At this point where it's like, you know exactly. what I mean? Like there's yes. no judgment. Yes. yes. Right. So yes. I'm sure that's what I was thinking. Like the books are the books that are the books. It's not judgment on how anybody's doing. It's just, hey, here are the facts of like where yeah. your numbers are and here's what we need to do for that. So Exactly. Okay. Well, you probably didn't think you'd hear the word vagina on the podcast today, <laughs> but also not surprised at all that it came from you, Christina. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Yes, yes, yes. Well, Jamie, we so we are so grateful you came on today. Um, this is definitely an area that is needed. When, like Jenny said, when we do our question boxes, the majority of questions are always about the numbers. So we know that your job is needed, and we hope that our people will turn to you and um, come and give you a follow and hopefully hire you for your services. We always appreciate when people come on the podcast and share their expertise, because we know that's very valuable. So um, thank you so much for giving us your time and your answers. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Oh, that was so good. Like, I feel like, oh my gosh, like even this, I'm so grateful for these professionals that come on and we can ask what we frame as a dumb question. And they're always like, that is such a good question. (laughs) Cause I think it's like things people wonder, but don't want to ask because it does feel so daunting. Well, and remember, I've shared this on the podcast before that I, one, two things. My brain thinks very differently because I have ADHD, but my brain also thinks very differently because I am a creative and, and tend not to like 
like the details of things like that. And so I often do like it's self-conscious, like it's an insecurity of mine to be like, I think that I'm not processing this right or I'm dumb or something. And so it's scary sometimes asking those questions when you feel like someone on the other end will be like, okay. Like you, one, like you have no idea what you're talking about or two, like you've been doing it wrong for seven years. I know I did get a little bit of that with the <laughs> inventory. I feel like I'm doing it all wrong, but I, but oh I God. think it's okay. It's that, cause that's why we have, I think what I've um, gotten out of this conversation so much is it's so good to have these people that know what they're doing mm-hmm. to just come alongside you and help you. and it as a person that like I said like I'm more yes I want it to be right but I'm also more afraid of like getting in trouble (laughs) so Mm -hmm. like having the confidence that okay someone that knows exactly what to do is looking at it and Mm -hmm. can make sure I'm doing it right okay so real quick I want to ask your thoughts on this because I have my own feelings And everybody can have their own feelings about it. But I saw someone this week in a business group that I'm in say, well, in order to hire X, I need to, that needs to be making X back. So for instance, let's say it's social media. I, if I'm spending $500 on social media, someone doing my social media, then I need to be making $500 more to make that worth it, which technically to make it worth it. Okay. I agree with that. But at the same time, I read that and I was like, well, I feel like if it's saving you X amount of time, then that would be worth it. So let's say I value my time. I can make three shirts in an hour. So, you know, that's $90 in an hour when I make something. So I think if I hire a bookkeeper and it's this amount of money, sure, you don't want to go negative for that. So I can see where you want to earn that much back. But it's also like, if she saves me 10 hours of my time a month, that's 30 shirts that I could be making in that 10 hours. So that's more how I was thinking about it. Is Mm -hmm. that how you process through that? Yes, I totally agree with that. I feel like especially as makers, and I would assume as service providers too, and especially in the beginning, we just think everything is you know, tight. Everything, we just want to make more money. And so we're like, oh, I'll just do that. Oh, I'll just do that. Because you're looking at your bottom line and you want to come out ahead because you're growing your business and that makes Mm -hmm. sense. But Mm -hmm. I also think then we forget as we grow, our time is more valuable Mm -hmm. because what, so I know we've talked about this before. I'm going to use mine as an example. There are certain parts of the candle making that, like, it does need my essence, I feel like. So, like, mm-hmm. I have to do that. But then there are tedious parts that it doesn't natu- nat- necessarily need to be my essence, and I can train someone well to do it how I would do it. So, labeling is that for me because I hate okay. labeling. So, like, I pay Trevor. my employees – Trevor <laughs> is one of them um, – To come do all those things, like I pay them an hourly wage to do all those things that I could train them to do to how my standards, but it doesn't necessarily need to be me doing it. And Mm -hmm. I think like you have to start doing that as your business grows because there's no way you can just do everything. And so you are giving away a little bit of your bottom line. But to your point, Christina, you're like making so many more shirts in that time Mm -hmm. that then that you, you've you got to do that for your business mm-hmm. to grow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I definitely recommend looking at that and hearing 
Jamie say bookkeepers help with inventory. I spend so much time on that at the end of the year that I can mm-hmm. see like it would be so valuable to me, not mm-hmm. only for the peace of mind that it's getting done right, but then I don't even have to like it's almost like you're paying for a coach in a way because like she said how all the feedback she gives you at the end of the month mm-hmm. of like okay, well, here's what this means and here's what you do with this money. Mm-hmm. Sure, like you can do your own QuickBooks, but you're not getting that. You're no, not getting that we, like push I, to right. change. Right, right. And she could find things that you might be doing wrong or mm-hmm. unnecessary. Like she could be like, actually, you don't have to do that. And then that <laughs> saved you, you know, time over, over yes. it. Too. Okay. Well, I'm glad we think the same on that. And I was like, I don't know if that's because I've been in business seven years and think that way, or if it was just like, I, I think that you can make a decision that X isn't worth it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you could say, actually, I don't think putting my, even my time and energy is, mm-hmm. is worth doing that. So I can get that. But I was like, I don't think it's, it's, uh, this or that, like I think, no, it's yeah, more and like, I think what it, can I do instead that I that will excel my business for someone else to take on this, right? And no judgment to if you are in that camp of where you think that because I think we all have moments in our business where that is the decision. There's been mm-hmm. things I've given up this past year that, like, just because I need to refocus on something, mm-hmm. um, that. So that money's going there. So I think like mm-hmm. that's totally fine to think like that, but also also ponder it from this other perspective of mm-hmm. like, okay, but would this free up mm-hmm. um, not only my time, but maybe the energy of having to focus? That I have so much nervous energy around that. Mm-hmm. That might be really worthwhile <laughs> to just like <laughs> throw it over this, there. <laughs> yeah, actually, I'll say that with social media, that a lot of people that puts them in a bad headspace. Yeah, like, it causes that's a, good a lot. Point of mental health issues, which, you know, stepping back, you're like, gosh, I'm giving Instagram so much power over me. But at the same time, if that's causing you not only time suck, but emotional suck, like it's, it, maybe it's time to either not do it or, mm-hmm. or have somebody else help you mm-hmm. out with it. So, yeah. Okay. Well, Agreed. I, yeah. And I wasn't saying one way was right or the other. I just read it and I was like, I don't think yeah. I think that way. And Maybe I'm not right in doing so. I don't know. No. Yeah, I get it. Okay. Well, that was so helpful. I hope you guys got a lot out of that. Like we've said several times in this podcast, that's what a lot of you guys wonder. So we know we're not alone in that. We hope it was helpful. We hope you reach out to Jamie. And as she suggested, find a CPA, double check on some of the tax questions and also how you file. So uh, we will see you next time. If you love the podcast, we would love if you'd subscribe and leave us a review. Every positive review helps other small business owners to find us. Remember, don't do life alone. We're better together. For more content, go follow us on Instagram at underscore small business sisters. Make sure to introduce yourself because we love following and supporting other small businesses. And if you're interested in being a guest or advertising with us on the podcast, visit smallbusinesssisterspodcast.com.